0: Autumn, are you familiar with the term cold open?
1: Yes. Yes, I am familiar with the term cold open. Is that what we're going to be doing? <laughs>
0: Hello friends! Welcome to this week's episode of the Easy Dizit Podcast, a podcast all about Disney travel planning and entertainment through the lens of mindfulness, behavioral science, and humor. I hope you enjoy today's podcast, and if you do, please be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. That will help us get into more listeners' ears. Also, tell your mail carrier about us. They spend a lot of time walking and are probably just dying for podcast recommendations. Today on the show, we have part one of a two-part series on managing children's behaviors inside theme parks. Uh, After that, we're going to talk to Sean, who we spoke to last week. If you haven't heard that show, go back and listen to it before you listen to this one. And we're going to talk about his experience and opinion of Disneyland following our recent trip together but first we've got news and trivia with autumn hey autumn
1: hello how's it going great it's
0: good to have you here once again
1: yes i'm glad to be a weekly on this show
0: yeah because it was going to be originally um you were just going to be on for like the christmas show and the easter show Mm. and we decided no
1: no
0: the ratings are through the roof when she's on
1: that's right and for those of you who have been listening, you know that the audience has declared for more autumn to be in the podcast. So I'm
0: going to be honest. We do get a lot. We get a lot of mail. We want more autumn. <laughs> Speaking of mail, let's start off with our first, um, our first letter in from the audience. Oh. Yes. That's great. So... Big Daddy Small World writes in, and he says that cosmic brownies do not melt. So in the last episode, we were packing the park bag, and I recommended it against chocolate. And Big Daddy Small World says, cosmic brownies do not melt. Now, I can't verify that. What do you think, Autumn? Do you think they melt? I,
1: I feel like I've heard this. Something about that's the reason why cosmic brownies are good. They, like, don't melt, and they don't go bad. I don't eat them.
0: Were we well, Let's not say that we're not going to verify that, but... <laughs> Thanks uh, Big Daddy Small World for the tip, I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: and if you have any information about this, please let us know.
0: Yeah, or any other tips. We'll we'll read your comments, just like Big Daddy Small World, on the podcast, and you can be famous with my mom, mostly. So let's get on to the news. And we do news here a little different than other places. We do highly suspect headlines, in which I read some headlines to Autumn, and she has to deduce whether they Mm. are (laughs) legit or if they are just some fake news.
1: Mm. All right. What do you have for me this week, Justin?
0: Headline number one. Shang Chi on track to break Labor Day weekend record at $83 million. That's,
1: I'm gonna say that's true.
0: That is true. That is true. So uh, first one you got legit. We yes, went, we had a little bit of something to do with this record. I feel like we we helped.
1: We did. Justin and I had a we were able to have a, a date night. Our daughter was at my parents' house for the weekend, which was nice. So we went to see the movie, and um, so this was let's really hard. Well, let's talk about it because we didn't get to talk about it last night because I was like, oh, let's talk about the movie, and I'm a talker, and that's what I like to do after I see a movie, like really debrief about it, get deep into it. And Justin was like, nope, we no. have to save it for the podcast. (laughs) Save it for the podcast. And that's very hard for a person. content. Such as myself. (laughs) So we haven't got to talk really debrief really about our feelings or our thoughts. Tell me,
0: overall impressions. What did you think?
1: I thought it was wonderful. I was really impressed. I feel like it met what I hoped that it would Mm -hmm. be, which is Mm -hmm. very rare for any kind of genre movie. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just in... We won't be talking about any details at all, because um, obviously many people haven't seen it yet, and we're not those kind of people.
0: The good guys won.
1: <laughs> Stop. But um, what I what I do want to leave you with, if you're like considering seeing it, or you're planning on seeing it, or you're unsure if you want to see it, it's just. It's just beautiful. It's beautifully done. The scenes are beautiful and beautiful in a way that I, I feel like not many movies are able to achieve, especially Marvel. And I'm a huge Marvel fan. I love all the movies. They're great, but none would I leave with the words like beautiful. But this there was there was just so much that was beautiful about it. So um, take the the time if you can uh, to see it.
0: Great movie. And I agree. It was you... beautiful. It was beautifully done. Definitely, it has a very unique and artistic aesthetic I would say. But also a lot of great action. Some it's not like super solid uh, plot wise. I would say there's some things you could nitpick on like wait why are they doing this or why are they doing that? But I don't think that's really the point of this kind of movie. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about everything making sense and more about the story and the theme the I, overarching themes
1: I think the, yeah I think and I do have to say I think overall you could say that probably about a lot of action, superhero, uh, superhero movies you know like movies I yeah. mean they're like they, they're really good I mean they're putting a lot of money but, but certainly I think with all of them you could probably yeah find overall I liked it though but yeah and nothing like I was at no point was I watching the movie and anything I was like oh how did that you know that wasn't right like nothing uh, nothing glaring but I think uh, I think it was beautiful and I What I love, what makes a really good movie to me is characters and, like, character development and the ability to to have a complexity of situations, you know, and events, and I feel like this did a really nice job.
0: Um, I agree. I agree. I think you definitely saw some character development throughout the movie. You know, the characters did change. They weren't just static, you know, their attitudes and actions changed, like who they were changed throughout the movie. So that's always good to see like that character arc.
1: Kind of different stories or they were making multiple points about a lot of things, I think throughout the motifs, maybe is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, throughout the film. So I I think it was great. Great movie.
0: I'd say if I could add one more thing, Mm -hmm. this movie really inspired me to finally balance my chi.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, it's been
0: out of balance for a long time.
1: I agree. (laughs) I agree. Justin could balance his chi a little more.
0: (laughs) So going forward, I'm going to be working on my chi. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the next headline? Yes, I am. All right. McDonald's is releasing these 50 nostalgic Happy Meal toys.
1: What does this have to do with Disney?
0: They're Disney toys.
1: Oh, you didn't say that.
0: I'm sorry. McDonald's
1: is releasing (laughs) these 50
0: nostalgic Disney Happy Meal toys.
1: Hmm. 50? Fifty? 50 That one. sounds like a lot.
0: Hmm. Well, you don't get fifty in one happy. No,
1: then. I, I know, I understand happy, but it sounds like a lot and like nostalgic. Like, hmm, I'm gonna say it's false.
0: This one is legit.
1: Oh. Ah. Yeah, so
0: the fiftieth anniversary, they're doing fifty toys. Uh. You know, that
1: just sounded like a lot.
0: It is a lot. And the rumor is that they're going to be modeled after the the 50 statues that they're putting around the parks of all different Disney characters. Oh, cool. So they'll kind of be correlated to those. That's okay. a rumor, though. That's not confirmed. Are you ready for the next headline?
1: Yes, I am. Is this the last one?
0: I I have four if we have time. Okay. It. Florida residents now have Disney World license plate option.
1: That's interesting.
0: I was going for interesting.
1: This is broadly Florida residents.
0: It's Florida residents.
1: All Florida residents. Like <laughs> if you lived in Miami.
0: You can now get a license plate uh, that has the Cinderella Castle on
1: it. Hmm. Oh, that's tough. That could be a really good fake news, or it could be true. Thank you. Yeah. There's not many that I'm this silent on. I'm gonna say true
0: it is true that is legit absolutely so starting this week they are available Uh, over 10,000 plates were pre-ordered for a $25 fee
1: so I have the, a, a very important question. Can you guess what it's going to be? Are we moving to Florida to get this license plate? No, no, but it's kind of it? close. But it's kind of close.
0: When is Connecticut going to get... No.
1: It? Think about Florida. Who's in Florida? My mother. Your mother's in Florida. Is your
0: mom going to Does she know about this? I don't know. Well, she knows now. She listens to the podcast.
1: That's true. Sandy. <laughs> it's time to get... I feel like she would love that. She might. Yeah. We've got to make sure that... She knows. All
0: right, Mom, we're going to send you a money order for $25. dollars we'll we remind her
1: about to listen to this podcast yeah. and just tell her, because I feel like she would totally get that. I think
0: she'd be into it. All right, you ready for the last one? Ready. Okay, Food and Wine Magazine mm. ranks Tonga Toast as the number one breakfast food at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: The Food and Wine Festival?
0: No, the Food and Wine Magazine. Food and Wine? That's false. That is false. Yeah. Why would you How'd you get that so quick?
1: Because <laughs> Food and Wine Magazine wouldn't rate food in Disney World. I just don't. I've got to be honest. Like.
0: Also, Tonga Toast is just French toast stuffed with baby food.
1: Stop. <laughs> Justin is hurt because he doesn't like bananas. He hates bananas. Me and our daughter love bananas, so mm-hmm. he's just... He's angry.
0: Yeah, I'm angry because it's a it's you a dish that, type that, of way about... that shouldn't exist. Hashtag French toast travesty. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> that... Moving on. Thank
1: you. <laughs> so moving on to Ace Stumps J, for those of you that are new, this is where I, Autumn, Justin's wife, mm-hmm. uh, stump, or attempt to stump Justin with various trivia about anything related to Disney World, Disneyland, Universal, and such.
0: Can I just say, good luck, Autumn, because up to this point, I am undefeated.
1: This is very incorrect. <laughs> This is very incorrect. Right. And we I keep score. Justin says we don't keep score. I keep score.
0: I feel undefeated. I feel like I haven't gotten one of these wrong
1: yet. Listen, and as a social worker, I will always tell you that your feelings are valid, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that the facts of a situation. Thank you. Thank you for are the, changed.
0: Thank. And as a scientist, when something is valid, it is truthful and accurate. So I appreciate it's, your assessment of my <laughs> statements. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I'm ready All to right. continue the winning. Moving
1: streak. on Moving off from the saltiness. Okay, so I have four for you today Okay Walt Disney himself Mm -hmm. holds the record for the most blank by a single person
0: Academy Awards
1: Yes All right Tell me how you arrived at that, because it looked like maybe you weren't going to answer it. Yeah,
0: well, I was thinking, I was going through a couple things, and I I thought of a couple stupid jokes that I decided not to tell. Okay. Um, But I came across Academy Award, uh, because Walt Disney Company actually makes a lot of movies.
1: Yes.
2: And
0: uh, good movies. So I kind of put those two, (laughs) put two and two together, and I said, it's got to be Academy
1: Award. That's good. I'm glad you gave yourself time (laughs) with that. I feel like sometimes you're rushed, and that's good. All right, so number two. What Disney movie was the very first one to air on TV? The first? Wait, was the
0: first Disney movie to air on TV? To air that would, yep. All right. It was probably on, like, his Wonderful World of Disney show. Um, I want to say go, like, classic, classic, like they, like, before the TV era, Snow White.
1: It's a good guess. Do you have another
0: one? Um, I get two guesses on this one. Mm-hmm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves.
1: Incorrect. Still wrong. Okay. But that is really good. No, it was Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Number three, Disney doesn't own one of the parks with their own name in it. Which park is it, and who owns it?
0: Disney doesn't own one of the parks with their own name in it.
1: Yeah, I can't say their parks because technically, they, like. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I know that the Chinese government has a stake in Shanghai Disney. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Nope. So this is a park that most people would consider a Disney park, but Disney actually doesn't own it. So it's an American park? Nope. It's not in America.
0: Yeah. Because I know they own all the American parks.
1: Yeah. Nope. It's not in America. Where is it? All right.
0: So, and it can't, it's not two parks. Nope. It's one park. Is it one park with two parks?
1: No. It's not Disney Tokyo and Disney Tokyo Sea?
0: Disney Sea Tokyo? No. No.
1: But it's you're right. It's not, Is not American. Hong Kong
0: Disney. I'm just gonna name all the Disney parks I know. No. Uh, Disneyland Paris.
1: You can't do that. You got to pick one answer. So
0: that's the, the Those are your I two, picked, answers? I picked you pick two answers. I pick Disneyland Paris. <laughs>
1: no. Okay. So it's Tokyo Disneyland. Didn't I say that first? No. Tokyo Disneyland no, and Disney Shanghai, Sea. I
0: think. Well, it said Shanghai first, but the Chinese government does have a stake in that.
1: They might, but I think Disney still owns it. Okay. But. So, um, the Oriental Land Company actually pays Disney got it. to license out its characters' names and so forth. And they have to get approval from Disney for any like, changes right. in Imaginary. So we'll, s-
0: we'll split the difference on this one and say I got it right.
1: Incorrect. That is not what we will do for those of you listening. So here, this one I'm really excited about. This is like, very interesting to me. Is this a new one? This is number four. This number is four. the last one. Okay. Yes. There was once a knock-off Disneyland park. Where was this park and what was it named? Ooh, this is like real. Okay. Like, I know, so I know very wh- few people know
0: this. And they did oh, this park open? Yes, it did make it to opening. Okay, because I. Oh, and it's not a recent thing, right? No. Okay, because there is the what the Banksy did the art installation. I think it's called like Dismal Land or something like that. It's pretty hilarious. Um, okay, so I know there were some people that wanted to start their own parks, but I'm not sure they came to fruition. I think mm-hmm. one of them was called like Frontier World or something like that. Hmm. Uh, we're not talking about Frontier World, no. Okay, this is tough. Uh, Drizny World.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Is that trying to answer? That's
0: well. Yes. <laughs> All right, so, so your I...
1: guess was incorrect, but I will now share the real answer. So this is really interesting. I'm going to share a little bit about the history. Okay. Okay, this park is a Disneyland park called Nara Dreamland that took that was built in Nara, Japan. Okay. So the park was opened in 1961, and it was basically approved by Disney. Basically got the park designed. Imagine like a, a fully running a park that's about to open. Um, before it opened... Um, There was some issues with contracting and licensing fees and things like that. So it was ready to open, but there was no agreement with Disney. So they had to open it with its own characters and and names, but it's totally a Disney-made and themed park. And there's some really cool pictures I can show.
0: Like Drangle Duck.
1: Not like Drangle Duck.
0: (laughs) And and Missy Mouse.
1: No, 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 no. (laughs) Because this was like Disney was behind it. This is a Disney park that like imagine like... I don't know, maybe a month before opening said you can't use any Disney things, but wow. now we have this park. So it's Disney. Uh, so really cool. I want to take some time to find out more history, but look it up. It's called Nara Dreamland. It looks beautiful, and it's in Nara, Japan. Wow. Um, now it looks like it's closed, you know, and of course, like, old and, and a bit abandoned, but I would love for somebody to do something with it. Someday. Yeah, it's really maybe should, cool. maybe
0: there's a defunct land on that. i will have yeah. to check it out.
1: Yeah, so check it out. Nara, Japan. Um, is where it's located, and the Disneyland, almost Disneyland park, was Nara Dreamland.
0: So if you're in Nara Japan this weekend, or this week coming up, check it out. Please, please. If you're going to be going
1: to Japan, (laughs) that would be great. Um, Or if anyone wants to pay to fly us out to Japan, Jess and I will definitely go. (laughs) So that's it for Ace Thumbs J. How'd you feel about this week?
0: I'm just really proud of being undefeated and continuing to... (laughs)
1: really keys demonstrate wishes.
0: my universal knowledge
1: yeah that's great and learn some <laughs> some things that you didn't know right
0: yeah I think it's a good opportunity for you to learn some new things about Disney <laughs> that I already knew
1: <laughs> on that note I think A is going to be taking the keys away again from Justin <laughs> on this uh, on this podcast alright thank you all for listening um, and I look forward to you joining us next week bye
0: Thank you for joining me for another travel planning segment. And I've got to be honest, I'm really excited about this travel planning segment. We're going to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about behavioral strategies for kids in the parks. So Disney is a super stimulating and exhausting place. We would expect to see all kids have challenges at one point or another during the trip. So if you want to ensure an easy trip, some planning or consideration is in order. So my lens here will primarily be behavior analytic in nature, but there are other, of course, other methods um, that aren't behavior analytic and my approach might not fit with every family. Basically, my approach is focused on building skills and using positive reinforcement to strengthen those skills with practice outside of challenging situations and modifying the environment, modifying the situation or planning to prevent some of these uh, concerns from from occurring in in the first place. So the strategies that we will talk about come from my experience in coaching parents in managing their children's behavior in community settings. I work with many children with significant behavioral difficulties, but the same general principles uh, to affect behavior that we use, they apply to all kids and all people and even animals. They're really uh, base level principles that can be applied outwards. However if you feel that your child has significant behavioral concerns and i'll define significant behavioral concerns as something that threatens your child's safety or the safety of the people around them or even behaviors that maybe uh, consistently and to a large degree impact your home life then i'm gonna i'm gonna encourage you to to seek professional help i can't provide you know individualized strategies here and behavior needs are typically very specific and when they're serious they require very individualized strategies what we'll talk about are going to be more surface strategies more preventative strategies today that being said i'd like to talk about some of these strategies to help make your disney experience easier with all kids all kids are are different right so some of these you might not need any of this if you or but i can't imagine it not helping even if your kid is a perfect angel at home and at at the store Disney World will surprise you there's really some particular things uh, Disney World is is set up in some particular ways yes for family fun but also there's some conflicts between parents and children at Disney World <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about today so you might say what do you mean behavioral that what do you what does that mean what is what is a behavioral lens so basically when I see a child quote misbehave end quote the three questions I ask myself are so question number one what does the child want And sometimes this is really clear, uh, because they're screaming it at the top of their lungs. (laughs) I want the toy, or I want to go home, or um, look at me, watch me, you know? Uh, And typically I get called in when when kids aren't so good at communicating what they want. But by and large, kids will tell you exactly what they want. So that's my first question. What does the kid want? Number two, what is signaling the availability of what they want? Uh, So you could call these triggers. So if it's, you know, if it's the toy, it could be the kid walking into a store and seeing an Iron Man toy that he loves. Or if it's um, maybe if what the kid wants is he wants to go home, maybe what's signaling that availability is just the fact that you're there and he knows you have the keys and you're in charge of taking him home. (laughs) Uh, So we're looking for what are the, the triggers in the situation. And then the third thing is why is what that child wants so important right now and this is your motivation right so if the kid wants to go home that might be especially important right now because he's exhausted <laughs> or if the kid oh this is my favorite one if the kid wants the candy right it might be especially important right now because he sees another kid with the candy that's like the biggest motivation builder for kids i see this you know i'm working across all settings uh, some really low-value thing becomes a really high-value thing when they see another kid with it, you know? That fire truck wasn't interesting until their friend Johnny picked it up. <laughs> so that's how I see the world, uh, for better or for worse. And that's the framework I use to find solutions for challenging behaviors. Um, so, children behave in a way uh, that is based on their history of reinforcement. And what do I mean by that, history of reinforcement? I'm basically saying, if it's worked in the past, even occasionally, I'm going to use that behavior again to get what I want. And, and I say even occasionally, but I should say especially occasionally.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, if you think to yourself, well, I mean, I have like I've only bought in Johnny the candy bar like a few times just to get out of the store. It, most of the time I say no. Like, great. Cool. That's like real life. I get it. But you should know that behaviors that are rewarded on that we'd call it a schedule of reinforcement that are rewarded in that way only occasionally those are actually the hardest behaviors to get rid of and you can think about this the difference between a soda machine and a slot machine right if you put a dollar in a soda machine and you get nothing you're going to stop putting dollars in the soda machine right maybe you'll try it one more time but you're not going to keep feeding that that because you know how a soda machine works and when it doesn't work it doesn't work But if you think about a slot machine, if you put a dollar in a slot machine, you don't know when it's gonna work, right? That we call it intermittent reinforcement, right? You don't know when it's gonna pay out, so you keep feeding dollars into the machine. So we bring this back to our kid. The kid where he's been every once in a while, it works. Every once in a while dropping to the ground and screaming works. He's going to engage in that behavior in Disney World, most likely. (laughs) <laughs> when the stars align, right, and the situation presents itself, when the triggers are there, when the motivation is there, that's just the way he's going to behave. And you can't really blame him for it. And, I, and you can't really blame yourself because you're a human and you live in this world where sometimes you need to get out of Walmart and you need to buy the candy bar. That's cool. And what I'm saying here and what I'm going to say in this episode is, and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, get your kid everything they want. Just keep them happy. You know, I'm not saying that you can do it if you want. If you got the money, why not? But that's not what I'm saying. Uh, Instead, we're going to focus on preventing meltdowns uh, by avoiding the triggers, by altering those motivations, and setting clear expectations, and maybe even building some skills before we get there. Alright, so let's start with common Disney park triggers and motivations. Um, I think the first one to talk about is fatigue. mostly run on well there's a couple different things that can bring it on but just the, the sheer amount of walking let's talk about that first and the disney world vacation you can easily walk eight to ten miles a day and if your five-year-old six-year-old or yourself are not used to that everyone is going to be a little bit of fatigue and this can motivate us to engage in behaviors that uh to get us what we want right so if i don't want to move anymore if i'm a kid and i don't want to move anymore and i've been told to keep moving and I've said no, and that didn't work, I might just drop to the ground. And this is the one I've seen quite a few times in Disney World. And uh, the professional in me is always like, ah, I see what's happening here. But now the parrot in me is like, oh my gosh, that poor parrot. (laughs) So how can we, how can we alter the motivation here? How can we avoid this trigger? Well, I'm gonna recommend some good old training, right? So take your kids walking before you get to Disney World. You know, maybe there's a nearby rail trail or path. Take them, bring your stroller, but they're not in the stroller. They're next to the stroller and see how many miles you can go before they're like, my legs hurt. (laughs) And then you say, all right, no problem, hop in the stroller and you walk home. And now you know, okay, he can do about 1.5 miles before his legs hurt. Uh, and, and now that's that weekly, you know, walk. That's that Disney walk. And you're going to keep on trying to build up that stamina, get them to two miles. Come on, buddy. You're doing great. Keep it up. You know? And if, you know, they're old enough to understand it, which, you know, if they're walking, they probably are say, Hey, we're training for Disney world, bud. (laughs) You want to see Mickey, right? Well, there's a lot of walking involved with seeing Mickey. (laughs) So let's get this up. We could do four today. You ready to do four? Uh, and that's a lot for a little kid. Four miles straight is a lot, and at Disney World you're gonna be stopping and things like that. If you don't have to build your kid up to walking eight miles straight before bringing it up to Disney World, because you have the stroller, too, you know. Um, I would definitely recommend bringing a stroller, even for older kids that typically don't need a stroller. I see people online talking about bringing them for their seven-year-olds, and I would not fault you for that. I like it's a cool place to put all your stuff, and um, I was seven years old in the park. I don't think I had a stroller, but I remember being ready to sit down quite frequently (laughs) so you know if you've got one or you want to rent one it's a good call it's a good call so yeah build up their walking tolerance or their walking stamina as you can tying into that breaks you know you know they can't do more than a mile and a half straight okay well now we know we need some we need some breaks you know we need a lot of breaks throughout the day we're going to make sure similar to what we talked about in the pregnant and disney world video we're going to build in some attractions that are long and we're on our butt the whole time. You know, some shows, some Carousel of Progress is my favorite. I'm going to try and recommend Carousel of Progress in every travel planning segment. Because it's a great big beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> uh, this, so yeah, we talked about the stroller, we talked about breaks, take that afternoon break back at the hotel, swim in the pool, get them off their feet, you know, cool those muscles down <laughs> in the pool. Uh, and that's going to help you if you can avoid that. I don't want to walk it, it, from even happening. You know what I mean? Then you're 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 doing well. And and s- behaviors are often interrelated. So uh, a kid that's tired, he may have a harder time accepting other triggers. All right. So what are some more? We got walking. That's a problem. There's the heat. And a lot of these are going to be related. Some of these solutions are going to are going to hit heat and uh, a- as well. So if you can. You know, if you can pick what time of year you can go, if you can avoid the hot times, you know, and I, I know a lot of us can't, you know, we're we're both, um, we work in the school system in this household, so we can't really choose when we can go to that degree. And then there's some things you can bring along, like fans and cooling towels, right? The, the heat can be a trigger for some of the, the behaviors that uh, are designed to get you out of the heat, right? Like, I want to go home, or um, I'm not moving, or uh, no, leave me alone. So yeah, fans, cooling towels, keeping them hydrated, taking those breaks in the air-conditioned stores, um, which can be another trigger <laughs> that we'll get to. That is gonna help with the heat, too. It's got a little um, a shade, you know, strollers with shades can be, can be valuable for reducing heat. Um, and then once again, we're going to talk about that afternoon break. Get them out of the heat. Get them in the pool. Get them in the, the hotel room to, to cool down. Take a nap. Ooh, that sounds good. You know, if you can get it. I haven't tried to get a toddler to nap at Disney World yet. I, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm really excited. If any of you have gotten your toddler or just young child, I should say, to nap in a hotel room at Disney World, please, please get in touch. EasyDizitPodcast at gmail.com. I want to know how you did it. And because I'd like to know how I'm going to do it when the time arises. And then here's another one, hunger, right? When I'm hungry, I'm much more likely to engage in the behaviors that might get me food, especially the food that I want. Really, really bad right now, now, now. So one thing we can we can do to, to reduce this motivation, uh, I mean, you probably figured it out already. How do you re- reduce the motivation for food? Well, you eat, right? So if you're packing some tasty snacks, maybe these are like special things that they don't have too often. You know, these are the, this is like the Dunkaroos. I don't know if you're from the nineties, if you grew up in the nineties, you know, Dunkaroos were the hot item. So whatever the Dunkaroos are in 2021, if you can find them, this might be a good time to bust it out, put in your fanny pack or your travel sack or whatever. i would say if i had to choose right and i know every kids are different but i would pick things that are like higher in fat and higher in protein over sugar just because i've seen the effect of sugar crashes on behavior but you know also it's disney world your kids are gonna have sugar right but as far as like avoiding that crash if you can build it like maybe your kid really likes cheese sticks also protein and fat you know it'll fill them up it might uh keep keep them from some of those those food requests. So if they're full and I say those food requests, let's talk about that. This is this is another huge, huge trigger. Maybe this is the biggest trigger for Disney World. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't done an analysis uh, or survey analysis or anything, but I did see it quite a few times every time I go. I see it in my work. I see it at the store. I know you see it too. You probably experience it if you've got kids, but a big trigger for kids is denied requests. No, you can't have that. And we talked about that in the lead in a little bit. This is a big one. And like I said, this is often reinforced intermittently. This is the slob machine, right? Sometimes dropping to the floor and kicking my legs gets me just what I want. It may not always work, but I'm going to try it right now. And why is it so hard in Disney? Let's talk about that, actually. Um, why? Because Disney World has engineered its stores to get your kids interested in its stuff. The eye lines product placement, all of that. They know that kids drive sales, right? Uh, Requests from kids drive sales. So it's really designed to get them to request you to get things. Can't really blame Disney for this, you know. Um, I can blame Disney for this a little bit, maybe. (laughs) All right, so that is going to be the first part of our Behavioral Strategies episode. Join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of Behavioral Strategies in theme parks. Welcome, everybody, to a special interview segment. This week, we have my good friend, Sean, who was on a previous episode where we talked about um, his not really loving Disneyland or Disney World. I recently made a trip out to visit Sean out in Hollywood, California, and uh, we went to Disneyland so this is a little uh, this is a little follow-up how's it going Sean
2: It's going well it's going well how are you I'm pretty good so have you got the have you got the Disney blues? <laughs> Um, are the Disney blues characterized? What 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 are the Disney blues? So it would have been that you had so
0: much fun and just so much excitement from that day in Disneyland that the next couple of days, like your dopamine is, is just depleted and you're just kind of bummed out about life.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I don't think I got the Disney blues. <laughs> but... I had a great time, I had very much enjoyed my Disneyland experience. I learned a lot um, of fun facts along the way and enjoyed, I mean... We had, we had, we were there for. Um, I'm sure your listeners know what a rope drop is, so I'm not gonna insult them by explaining it <laughs> like it was explained to me. But uh, we well, were I'll there. Explain for... I'll explain it just in case. Okay. Just in case. Well, rope drop is when you get there right when park opens and they drop the ropes to let you in. And if anybody didn't know that, neither did I. I was <laughs> new to that term as of like seven days ago. But yeah, we did. We got there for the rope drop, which um, that in and of itself was kind of exciting. You know, I'm waking up five something in the morning to drive Mm -hmm. down to Anaheim. Mm -hmm. Uh, We meet up. We get in in one of three or four lines. Mm -hmm. You know, we found ourselves being the first two people through one of the turnstiles, which is. That's uh, right. Absolutely not, not. You know, not many people get to say that. I've never done that before. That was a first for me. And then it just got better from there. <laughs> it got it improved after the turnstile, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, the biggest challenge of it was that you and I uh, had, a, had a trip to the airport, um, and so we did not sleep very much after no. Disneyland and before the airport. <laughs>
1: that's so that true. was
2: that was a little tough. I feel like I really um, caught up in the last couple days with a lot of naps, and mm. uh, I think you're a resilient person. Sure. You know what? Also though, like I don't, I don't work a nine to five lifestyle. So mm. it's not like I, I was like in this like office nonstop high pressure grind. And then right. all of a sudden I'm in Disneyland and then I'm all of a sudden back to that. So, you know, maybe my um, freelance <laughs> lifestyle yes. is, is part partly to thank for my Latin So
0: basically food. you live Disneyland every day. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, so last time we talked, and we talked about, uh, we tried to put a number on your your um, uh, affection or love for, like, the Disney parks, or, and it, the number was 45, which we decided was the threshold for Not My Thing. Okay, okay. So that was a 0 to 100 uh, scale. What I'd like to try and do is use that same scale now. So when you had lined up and before we lined up for security right yeah what was your expectation for the day zero being this is going to be the worst day of my life 100 this is going to be the best day of
2: my life okay okay um best day of my life that's really big that's big Um, and this is just at the security you're just at security now right right but uh i think it's it's easy for me to say you know i had a sense of excitement you know you Mm -hmm. so for the listeners um there's a new ride, it's called Rise of the Resistance, yes. and uh, our gracious host Justin here was explaining to me that like, if you're not there signing up for that ride in about the first five seconds, literally five seconds, you're probably not going to have a chance to get on it until maybe later that day when they do another boarding group. Exactly. And just that alone was very exciting. I mean, we got in. We did. That's right. There, we even have some audio, don't we, from that uh, moment? Yes, let's uh, roll the audio.
0: All right, here at, uh, lining up at Disneyland with uh, my buddy Sean here. How's it going, Sean? It's going good, how are you? Uh, Pretty good. So I'd like to get your thoughts on some things today,
2: and I think the first thing I'd like to get your thoughts on is um, how was your experience in line Bed so far this morning? It's been really good. Um, So we had Disney Security come by, and they were helping us count down to the boarding groups. Yeah, boarding group process process, and you and I were both standing here refreshing our phones, trying to get the rise of persistent supporting group. And And what happened? Well, as luck would have it, I was able to snag us a group. You did. You did. And, uh, yeah. You really showed me up. I wasn't able to get a group. You got it first. (laughs) Well, you know, you walked me through the process. You said, you know, you're going to want to pull your thumb down like this to reload it. And then click all the blue buttons you see. You did it? I did exactly that. Boarding group 69. Boom. We and got here it. we are. Wow, that was great to listen back to. It was. It really brought me back to the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it was fun. I mean, it was like, uh, so to so answer your question, While waiting in line, um my anticipations i mean i'm gonna say it's clearly greater than a 45 out of 100 because you're there you're looking for like we started talking about what rides we wanted to go on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah i think you know for me i just know that it was above a 45 and i don't know exactly where to place Mm -hmm. it in that scream of zero to best day of my life mm-hmm make it a 48 (laughs) sure yeah for for absolute certain we we were 48 or better at that time
0: (laughs) oh great 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 okay cool so um we waited for a bit we got to the to the rope we first person through the the turnstile um and we waited at the rope um, we had a nice seat and we we talked we did a little castle chat we discussed uh and uh refined our um knowledge of castle
2: architecture which was so much fun while looking <laughs> at the um original disney castle yes yeah 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 and uh i made a
0: i made a decision at this point two decisions um One, that I was going to kind of lean into the fact that I often give out information and try and mix in about 50% lies with all the facts that I gave you during the day. Oh, it was so much fun. (laughs) That was decision one. And then decision two was the plans that I had um, created up to that point. I was going to put the plan aside, stick to the highlights, and focus on not losing my sunglasses. And uh, yeah, so that was my decision point there. And we I talked in on previous episodes about being flexible, and I think I think I was pretty flexible here. You
2: know? Yeah, I would say you were flexible as as someone who was traveling with you throughout the day, you had um, a game plan that we would spend some time in the park, take a little break from the park mm. for you know, maybe lunch and uh, a brief rest mm. and then return to the park for the you know later part of the day. and that was great. Alright, so I'm going to give you some rides now, and uh, if yeah. you could just give me,
0: uh, well, let's do 1 through 10, I think the 1 the one through 100 is just, it's too big, the scale's too large. It is
2: big, it's big. <laughs> Alright, let's do, uh, so Matterhorn, 1 through 10. Ooh, okay, so I loved the clunkiness of it, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of, like, how it ranked up against other rides, I would have to give it, um, we'll, we'll put it, like, sort of 7.5, we'll go. 7.5, nice, nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun ride, but you know, it wasn't my favorite of the bunch. But it was it was a good one, and it was my first time. That was that was I had never ridden that one. Oh, really? That was your first time. Yeah, we didn't have time. My my one other trip to Disneyland, it was not possible to get there. um, So I rode that uh, on Tuesday, and I yeah, I had a
0: blast. I was on the other track on Tuesday. I was on the right track on Tuesday, and I was on the left
2: track with you on. Thursday, and I think the,
0: the the left track's a little rougher. I think it is.
2: I, I enjoyed the roughness though, especially like when it was early in the day, and we knew we were going to be on something like Space Mountain later. That's much smoother. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun to experience the kind of early technology. Yes, yes. It wakes you up. It wakes you up, and maybe sprains your neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. What
0: about um, Sleeping Beauty's scary adventures? That was the dark ride with uh, Sleeping Beauty.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, it was like Snow White and, right? No? Yeah, you're right, Snow White. <laughs> Are they different? <laughs> it is Snow White, but Snow White falls asleep. <laughs> right, Snow White, yeah. I want to just, like, give this one a little bit of a, like, this this ride, I, I had very low expectations for. Yes. Um, But I'm going to give it an 8.0 wow just because i felt very transformed to like the 50s or 60s whenever it was new and it, it it kind of gave me that feeling of like wow this was once upon a time like the wildest you know stuff that people had never seen before and yeah uh, and it still kind of held up in an interesting way so i really enjoyed that right I agree. That was one of my favorite things about Disneyland.
0: Uh, it was you, you can kind of see it in some of the rides. Like this has been around for a while, and it's still
2: good. Yeah, that was exactly how I would phrase it.
0: Uh, cool, cool. All right. So then we headed to where well, we did the Haunted Mansion, which you had done before. We survived, um, mm-hmm. uh, and then but then we had we headed to Galaxy's Edge. So, uh, yeah,
2: what was your overall impression of Galaxy's Edge? Um, that was my favorite part of the whole park. I mean, we didn't get to all the different sections, so, like, I I didn't get to see everything. But um, I, I had never been there before. And, I mean, the bathroom alone yeah. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. I loved <laughs> yeah. the bathroom. Those green metal doors, like... The pipes everywhere, just the way um you know, there was so much to look at in terms of like, okay, you're you're supposed to be on this other planet, you're supposed to be in this different area and I loved the uh snack carts having the alien language logos for the coke products. Yes, Um, yes. You know, I mean they got me to talk about coke products on this podcast for no money. I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it it out. Great job. And you actually uh, impressed me. You were able to read the middle one and said that says uh, Diet Coke. I grew up on that, too. That's where I'm from. Okay. Uh,
0: All right. And so, yeah, we rode Smuggler's Run. That was the first time I got to go through, like, the real queue. I went through it with you. Um, Mm. That was pretty fun. And we got the second coaxium. That's right. Yeah. We were both engineers, and uh, we got the coaxium. Like, they, they drove the ship okay but uh we got the coaxium <laughs> what did you think of smugglers run
2: um very uh very enjoyable experience i was i re- we ended up riding it again as a single rider so i was an engineer twice mm-hmm. but on different sides of the ride mm-hmm. so i got oh. to experience the switches on the left and the buttons. And then the other controls on the right. I thought it was, you know, maybe not my favorite ride as just like a ride perspective. But as far as like hands-on experience, like touching those buttons, um, the interactive qualities of it were very satisfying. So it was definitely like, I mean, you know, you you never are too old to want to push a bunch of buttons. Yes. And I can only imagine that like as a kid, it's an even greater experience. So I I was, um, I really enjoyed that ride. Give it a... I give it a seven four.
0: Okay, what's what's good about this ride is it's you know largely it's a video game, so there's a chance to update it in the future. When Disney, you know, Mickey's going to listen to this podcast, he can he,
2: he he's going to want to get it to a nine point two. So we'll see <laughs> what maybe they'll make some updates. Yeah, I mean it was cool, and I didn't get to do it. Like I, I have a feeling that like the ride is more exciting if you're in the front. Yes, it is definitely. Like it's probably very uh, intense from that so. It also depends who you have in
0: the, um, the cockpit with you. I, the one we went on together, that family was great. They were all having fun. They were really into it. And then when I rode again um, after that, it was it was another family, and they were nice enough. But like the dad is videotaping it the whole time. He's the other engineer. He's not pushing any of the buttons. <laughs> oh, dad, come on! It's like we are trying to get. I'm trying to get coaxium. I have I have kids to feed. Yeah, absolutely. So we then we rode Rise of
2: the Resistance. Yep. What did you think of Rise? <laughs> I got to say, it was not my favorite ride. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But I think the best parts of it, like waiting in line and seeing all the cool stuff, you know, it was good. It was a good wait. Mm -hmm. Um, I do enjoy that line. It was definitely like an impressive experience and I would do it again. But it wasn't my favorite of the day, I would say. Do you think it was
0: a bit, like, overhyped? Were your expectations higher because you had to get in a boarding group at 7 in the
2: morning? And I Yeah, I think so. I think if it had just been, like, one of the rides of the bunch and, like, oh, this wasn't here last time, mm-hmm. maybe my... Um, my expectations would have been more sort of like neutral and then i would have maybe had a more favorable take on it and it, yeah it wasn't like there was anything i disliked about it i thought some of the um the cast was stronger than others on that like yes i think you were saying that like when it was brand new everyone was like super in character maybe yeah or and, and then it kind of got a little uh you know a little more chill yeah, and i it- feel like that could have could have been better
0: yes i agree i think like the first order people i think were pretty they're pretty stern they play their characters but the the rebellion people uh, like when they loaded us in like the emergency uh evacuation they're just like right. gently waving us towards the ship
2: <laughs> yes yes like come on if you want to live
0: <laughs> all right yeah yeah i i thought that was um I definitely see where you're coming from there
2: it was like it was a
0: good ride for sure
2: yeah Um, it was good it was very impressive and like there was so much to it but um what's the number you're putting on that one Mm, that's tough i i feel um it's hard for me to rank it because like i do really think that i would have ranked it differently but you know i experienced it the way i did let's give it um i'm gonna put that one a little lower on the list i'm gonna give it a, a seven one yes I love it I
0: love that Snow White is outranking Rise of the Resistance this is great I do
2: too I do too I I feel like you know Snow White is such a um people are gonna sleep on Snow White yep. but it it was one of the it was very interesting it's like they're working with so little you know mm-hmm. and but they 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 use the soundtrack they use the lights you know like all the dark scenes with lightning you know it's like was it a thrilling ride well of course not but like <laughs> It was just a very, like, I don't know. We were talking about how they just were using the tools they had at their disposal to the best as they could, and um, that was in some ways more impressive in the uh, 50s version than in the current day. Yeah,
0: yeah uh all right and then after that we took a
2: break and we went and got some in and out burger oh yes we did it was delicious first in and out for you so what would you give it a ranking uh okay. one to ten the burger salad 8.6 easy you know easily yeah and you you got yours just I- exactly as it would be but you did get the grilled onions instead mm-hmm. of the raw which i think is a pro move
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well you know i was going i was going to go raw but then she gave me the option
0: if she didn't say anything i would have took it how she gave it to me but if given the option, I think i got to go grilled onions, like, every time.
2: That's true. They were sort of like, do you want onions? And then they and then they gave you the choice. So mm-hmm. you're, you're really set up to, like, I mean, what kind of person is going to say, no, I don't want the grilled onions. Yeah. Just give I me mean, those raw onions, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I enjoy some raw onion burgers. But, like, yeah, grilled onions it, almost every time, given the choice. But then the fries. I fries are like a four nine i'd say i love I, I you know right before you said the number that was right around where my head was and mm-hmm. i was really I'm, I'm really supportive of that like they're fries but i mean next like if i was really hungry i would just get two burgers yeah and like imagine someone said you can never eat in and out fries again for the rest of your life like you might be happy like yeah. you're not gonna be mad yeah you're certainly not gonna be mad <laughs> i would not stress about that <laughs> But yeah, I would I like that two burgers. Yeah, so in and out was a good little detour from, you know, get out of the park, do something different for a moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we 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 spent like 3 or 4 hours out of the park. We actually we went back to the hotel room, took a little nap. It was nice. I, I that's a that's a strategy I like employing. Uh, that that
2: California sun is is super special hot too though, so I, I think it was pretty necessary. I loved it. It's not a strategy I've ever done because I've never done any of these things, but I would do it again. So when we went back, cues um, during this day were
0: actually pretty good all day long. So we kind of we didn't we didn't have to make any tough decisions. We kind of could do whatever we wanted to do. We wrote a few different things in the evening. Was there anything that stood out in the evening?
2: I will say that there were a number of rides that I had done previously that I thought Mm -hmm. were even more fun the second time oh tell me about those uh space mountain oh yeah I mean it was super fun the first time but you're kind of like the very first time you're just sort of like all right what's happening and then it happens to you and this time even though I didn't have a clear memory of it it was I don't know just a little bit more you could take it in a little more easily because you'd done it once yes yep and it was super fun it was and we didn't have a terrible weight so that was nice we did single rider on that one that's right that's right and that worked out well. What else stood out in the later half of the day? I um, thought Thunder Mountain was a super fun one. Yes. Which I had done before, you know, and also, again, just really enjoyed. We did that one at night. Uh, we were getting on it.
0: We, didn't, we weren't on the ride during Fireworks, but we were on the loading platform during Fireworks. So that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was nice to, like, have a view from, like, a slight distance away from the crowds. Oh, we, we rode on um, Buzz Lightyear, uh, but the <laughs> ride broke down. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a fun one, and yes. then we were like in this one spot for a while, yep, just like shooting at the same <laughs> targets for a while. <laughs> I was pretty excited And then about finally, and then they finally just said, like, "All right, we're giving it up," and they they evacuated us, and we didn't get to um, keep our scores. No, the scores were lost. We had to ask for
0: ride recovery, which I found out. I thought that they'd just have someone ready. But uh, we asked for ride recovery. We ended up not even using it, but uh, we did get it. They 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 were accommodating.
2: Like within five minutes, they had someone out there helping us out. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Just in case, like we didn't know exactly what our plans would be for the rest of the night. <laughs> but every ride that we ended up going to, they were pretty much like, yeah, you don't need that. Yeah, exactly. And we rode Pirates,
0: which was great. Uh, that was I love that ride, especially in Disneyland. That was fun.
2: Oh yeah, we did Small World. We oh, did. That's right. uh, I wasn't did, gonna go uh,
0: on small World. splash mountain. We did, dude. That was the last ride that we rode Splash Mountain, and I was in the front seat, and I'm a big dude. I'm like 250, and uh,
2: yeah, I, the water just came over the top and just <laughs> drenched me. You got pretty wet too, right? Yeah, I was pretty much soaked head to toe. I mean. It wasn't that bad. Like for some reason my feet didn't get all squishy and awful, so that was That's nice. The worst. Like no super wet socks. Yes. But we kinda we kinda were like on the fence about it all day because we weren't sure how we, <laughs> we felt about walking around being soaked. And then it was like, Well, the night's almost over, let's just do it and then we can leave. Yeah, I think that was the right move. I think that was the right move. Also, that drop in the dark is pretty uh pretty cool. <laughs> it is. It is. It was my first time, so I don't know what it's like in the daylight, but it was That's you right. know It was intense in the dark.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're not sure, like, what's down there.
2: It's like a pit. You're going into a pit of darkness. Exactly. Yeah, you're just falling, and then you know at some point you'll stop, but it's a (laughs) long enough fall that you're like, okay, this is long.
0: Exactly. It is like a half second longer than what you'd expect, and just enough to... All right, so I need two more numbers from you. All yes. right, first number, and we're going back to the 0 through 100 scale. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready for it. All right, 0 through 100, what was your overall satisfaction or enjoyment on the day?
2: Well, um, is 100 still best day of my life? Yes, best day of your life. <laughs> okay, okay. And 0 is still the worst day of your life. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely... Um, A lot closer to best than worst. Uh, I'm not, I don't know that I would rank it super close to best, but I'm just going to give it an 80. All right. Wow. Wow. That's a solid B. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even go 79.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. That's a good number. Now, the second number I want from you is now, this is going to be the same question that I asked you last week or the week before, before you had gone. What is your overall love for the Disney parks? Has it, is it still 45? Because that's what it was last time. No,
2: no, it's definitely,
0: it's definitely gotten a bump up. I'm going to give it a 63. Wow, 63. All right, then my work is done. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we did it, right? (laughs) So yeah, I had, Sean, I had an excellent time in Disneyland. Um, I did too. I really did. It was so much fun. I I had gone two days before you got there. And, you know, I really went out of my way to like talk to people and and have fun and do this going to Disneyland, Disney World by yourself thing and and have fun. But it was so much fun to have another person there and not just any other person, but to have you there. Uh, And also all the transportation that you did to get me there and get me back. I can't tell you how grateful I am.
2: Well, it was, I, you know, if we weren't measuring it up as against best day of my life, Mm -hmm. the numbers would be even higher. (laughs) And I had a great, I really did. I had a wonderful time. I was talking about it, telling, you know, people about the, especially that uh, Galaxy's Edge very much. It's a trip. Yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, so
0: once again, thanks for talking to me before. Thanks for talking to me now. Thanks for being at Disneyland and thanks for driving me around. I really appreciate it, Sean. Absolutely. I was uh, happy to do all of it and happy to do it with you. All right. So, and then I think the next thing is going to be like a Disney cruise line adventure. So, you'll have to come on and and tell us how that went. (laughs) Okay. Sound good?
2: (laughs) All right. Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. Talk soon. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thanks again for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to podcast at gmail.com with any questions, complaints, or suggestions for my mom's new vanity plate. Follow Easy Dizzit on Instagram for daily infotainments and inspirations. And if you're planning a Disney or Universal Studios trip anytime soon, I'd love to share my insight and enthusiasm with you and your family. Just get in touch and we'll chat. All right, until next time, Easy Dizit.